You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. We are at episode number 30, and today I'm going to answer some reader questions that have been written in, and I'm excited. Thank you for being here. I hope everything is going well. I love hearing from you, so thank you so much for taking the time to write to me and tag me on Facebook and Instagram and letting me know that you're here. It's something a little weird to just be talking (laughs) into this microphone and hope that somehow my words that I record end up in your ears a few weeks later. The technology is fascinating to me, and I think it's just very, very cool that I get to communicate and talk to you in this way. And so thank you. Thank you for letting me know you're here. Thank you for leaving reviews Thank you for taking the time to go to the site and record a voicemail. I'm going to play one in a little bit for you, but it's just really nice to have different people's thoughts and perspectives, and I am happy to help and happy to serve in any way. So if you want to leave a voicemail, it's at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast. And there is a voicemail recorder button. And you get to hear what you say to make sure that it sounds okay before sending it off to me. And also, these can be absolutely anonymous. You do not need to leave your name in any way. And we're not recording email. But then also, if you do want to email me, go for it. I answer my own email. I am a real person. And you can email me at any time. And that's Steph at stephanieoday.com. Okay, so episode 30, we've been doing this for a while, and usually when people write to me, I write back right away and just answer their questions, and I have done that, but there's two questions that were kind of juicy and interesting that while I already responded via email, I wanted to read them out loud to you, and I think they will be helpful and useful, especially when we're talking about shifting your mindset and trying to look at things and circumstances and instances in a way that serve you and help you and propel you forward um, towards meeting your, your goals and your aspirations. And to me, that's what slow living is all about. It's not deciding to be a monk or a nun and taking a vow of silence and going off and living in the woods um, with nobody around. So if that is your dream, go for it. (laughs) There's no judgment. You can absolutely live a slow life that way. But that's not what I teach about. I teach that there's five steps to slow living. And the first is to declutter and to purge. And if something in your life isn't working, get rid of it, pluck it out. You don't need it. <laughs> and those that can be physical things. A lot of time people start that way, but it also can be um, things that you're doing 
that might not be serving you. Watching the news, there might be certain people in your life that you need to set some boundaries for. So that's step one. Step two is program that GPS. Know where you're going. What is the end goal? What are you trying to achieve? Lately, because we're going into the spring months, a lot of people that I'm working with are trying to get fit for the summer and they have their end goal in mind and they want to see a certain number on the scale or they want to get into a certain dress for an upcoming wedding. And so we work together towards meeting that goal and uh, not beating yourself up along the way. And then the third step to slow living is to practice gratitude and stay present and be in the here and the now and be thankful that you get to live this life and do the things you're doing. And yes, you can still have hopes and dreams and aspirations, but that doesn't mean that you're constantly living in the future and you're not going to be happy. You're not going to delay happiness until you meet that arbitrary goal. I want you to stay here and now and present and mindful. And then the fourth step is to take action daily and teeny tiny baby steps count. Any tiny little bit that you do is better than nothing. I always joke that if you, if you go for a walk around the block, you are absolutely lapping the people on the couch. So just tie up your running shoes, go for a walk, smell the fresh air, listen to the birds. They also say that the hardest yoga move is just simply rolling out your mat. And I have found that to absolutely be the case for me. I have all these good intentions, but putting on the yoga clothes and rolling out on the mat sometimes seems daunting in my brain. But if I just do it, and all of a sudden I'm sitting in the middle of the yoga mat, regardless of whether or not I put on really cool yoga clothes, if I'm just in my regular clothes, but I'm taking the time to do some stretching, I always, always feel better in my body and feel better and more proud of myself in my brain. And then the last one is tweak, fine tune, figure out what's working and what's not and be nice to yourself in the process. And that's what it is. So I do have a listener question that I'm going to play for you. And it's interesting because it is actually from my brother and which I think is awesome. So thank you, Andy, for taking the time to call in. But also he is explaining how the ideas that were laid out in episode number 13 about goal setting and New Year's resolutions were helpful to him. So I want to play that for you and then listen to his words and then think about how you treat yourself and how you talk to yourself when it comes to making and keeping your New Year's resolutions. So, okay, I'm going to play Andy's question here. Stephanie, it is your brother, Andy. I am calling in regards to episode 13 on New Year's resolution. I have taken a lot of ideas from that episode to heart, and I just want to tell you that I'm doing so much better on my resolutions this year uh, than I did in previous years. 
Um, I'm also uh, using those techniques with my students. We are starting each day uh, by reflecting on how they did the previous day. If they made progress on their resolution, cool. Uh, if they didn't, cool. It just uh, allows them to think about how they can start again today. And uh, I have a lot more confidence that I'm going to continue to make progress this year uh, because of that mindset. And uh, I can see it working for my students as well. As much as it pains a, a little brother to say this to his older sister, uh, so many of my good ideas throughout life have uh, been inspired by advice from you. So thank you so much. Uh, I'm very grateful. Uh, I'm proud of uh, all you're doing. Uh, and we are hosting Easter. You should come. Bye. Okay. Thank you, Andy. Thank you so much. And yes, we will be there for Easter. We are looking forward to it. <laughs> that is totally awesome. Okay. So I think what I really like about what you said here is that your goals are working better for you this year and your resolutions are working better for you this year. And I think it's because you understand that Every little bit counts and it's not all or nothing. And if you take a day off, that's okay. So when we're talking about making a plan for New Year's resolutions, so we're just going to use 10,000 steps every day as an example. So let's say you wake up on January 1st or whatever day, this can be a month of, a month of resolution. A lot of people start monthly resolutions, and I think that's great. But if your idea is no matter what, I'm going to walk and I'm going to achieve 10,000 steps a day. Okay, so that is a great New Year's resolution to have. But it also can make it seem that if you skip a random Wednesday here or there, that you've failed your New Year's resolution. And I don't want that for you because you have not failed in any way if six out of the seven days you walked 10,000 steps. So instead, we're going to shift that and we're just going to see how many times you can walk 10,000 steps. So you can do this very simply with just a wall calendar and put a really big circle in all of the days where you meet your goal. And if you don't happen to meet your goal, put an X on it. And then at the end of the month, count it up. How many days are circled? How many days did you meet your goal? In, in the month of March, there's 31 days. How many days did you do this? Wow, maybe you did 22 days. That is awesome for someone who is not a walker, and, and that is a win. And then flip the calendar page over, go into the next month, and, and give it a go again. Now you've got this number 22. Do you want to meet it? Do you want to, do you want to match it? Or do you just want to keep doing what you can as many days as you can and not beat yourself up and not make yourself wrong for being an actual human, for not making yourself wrong if it's snowing outside and you literally cannot walk. Yes, there are some people 
He'll be like, oh, you can always walk. You can walk in place. Put on a movie. Put on Leslie Sansom's Walking or, or Richard Simmons' Sweat into the Oldies, and you can rack up your steps. You can. You absolutely can. But that's not necessary. What's necessary is to love yourself no matter what and just keep doing what you can and not beat yourself up for it. Um, you're not a spreadsheet. You are a for reals human. And if you go back and listen to some of the episodes that I did on sleep and in, and about hormones, especially women's hormones, you're not the same. You can feel great on one day and not on another. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you failed. Try your hardest to do all of the things you can each day so you climb into bed feeling proud of yourself. And that's that's all that it's about. So, Andy, I think you're awesome. I think you're wonderful. You've got a great family. I am immensely proud of you. But I also like that you are proud of yourself and you gave yourself gold stars. So, congratulations. And speaking of gold stars... I have a question from Sylvia, and I did write back to Sylvia because this was a while ago, but I want to read it out loud for you here. It says, Hi, Stephanie. I just listened and watched the interview you did for the Motivation Summit, and I have a question about how to feel like a success. You mentioned that success comes from within, and I'd like some more information about that. No matter how much success I have, I'm always chasing the next thing. It's exhausting and mentally draining, and I would love to know how to stop doing this. I've worked really hard to get to where I am, and I just can't enjoy it because I'm constantly thinking about the next goal. Thank you for your help and for speaking. I'm looking forward to hearing back from you. Sylvia. Okay, Sylvia, so this is a doozy of a question, and it's something that I have personally grappled with. So I I feel I feel the frustration that you probably feel. And um if you were here in person, I would just give you a great big huge hug and let you know that one, you're not alone, and two, that there's nothing wrong with you. And A lot of this just happens to be the way we're wired and the way we're programmed um, and kind of the way we're indoctrinated in school and in pleasing people and in collecting gold stars and, and trophies. And you talk about how you have, um, garnered a good amount of success and I am going to go out on a limb here and try and read between your words and assume that your definition of success is probably accolades from others and collecting money and feeling as if you have moved up the ranks at work. And when your definition of success comes from external validation, so literal gold stars when when you're a little kid, you're you're collecting gold stars on a sticker chart from your parents or from your teachers, or you're collecting A's, um, 
that's that's kind of a real thing. We're we're sort of um, built and 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 taught and we're we're grown. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a an actual verb, but I'm going to go with it. So so we're grown up <laughs> with this sort of feeling that in order to feel good about ourselves, we need these sort of virtual gold stars from other people and and we try and collect them. And you're right that in that um, seminar and, and speaking series that I did for the Mountaintop Motivation Summit, we talked about how success comes from within. And it really is taking the time to stop and to slow down and to sort of go within and figure out what it is you're going for. What is the end goal? Where are you trying to achieve? Because because what you're doing now is shifting the gold posts. And that's why you don't feel calm. And you don't feel that feeling of success that you're chasing. Because you keep changing that definition. So if success is a destination, what does that feel like? So if, if you're chasing a certain job and all of a sudden you get that job, okay, <laughs> congratulations. So, so pause for a minute and, and unplug and go within and really feel the feelings of being proud of yourself and feeling like you've made it and how amazing and wonderful you are. And if you feel anxiety bubble up because all of a sudden you're where you wanted to be and you still don't feel fulfilled and you have these kind of anxious feelings bubble up, that's okay. Sit with them. Think about them. Do some mindset work. If you need some help, I'm happy to walk you through it. But my suggestion would be to really feel all of those feelings and lean into them and try and figure out what they mean. Are you anxious and nervous and worried because you think someone's going to find out that you're a, fa- a fraud, a phony, you don't actually deserve this job? Are you worried because you have a certain amount of money and the news is constantly talking about inflation and so you're worried that this money isn't going to last? Okay, so so really feel all of these thoughts and feelings and try and decipher what they mean. But it doesn't mean that you have to shift the goalposts and now chase a larger number or a bigger and a better job. It means that you need to sit with it for a while and you need to really sort of uncover what your body is trying to tell you in feeling uncomfortable and what thoughts are are percolating in your brain. And that's what mindset work is all about. I want you at the end of the day to climb into bed and feel so proud of yourself. I did all of these things. I checked this stuff off on my to-do list. I am amazing. I am wonderful. I can't even believe all of the amazing and wonderful and phenomenal things that I have done, that you, Sylvia, have done. And that's the feeling that I want you to feel. If you need help, reach out to me. That is absolutely what I do. 
But the good news is, is that since you are a goal setter and an achiever, this is an easy fix with some mindset tweaking. Um, This is a solvable problem. You are not destined to always feel this way. Okay. If you have any further questions, tag me on Instagram, on Facebook, write to me, leave a voicemail. I am happy to help. When it comes right down to it, we all just want to climb into bed each night, feeling calm, content, and at peace. We want to know that we were able to keep all the balls in the air and were productive without neglecting our own needs and wants. I know. I get it. That is why I recorded a free masterclass on the 10 things happy, successful people do each and every day, and I'd love for you to join us. Learn simple and practical tips to reclaim the sanity and joy in your home and family at stephanieoday.com forward slash masterclass. I have another question that I want to read to you today from Pam. I'm just going to read it. Hi, Stephanie. I finished your Clean Less, Play More book and I'm implementing the daily chores. It's working. Thank you. I have a question about what to do about accepting donations when you don't want them. I'm actively trying to keep the house decluttered, but ever since I had my little girl, so many people have wanted to give me their old baby and toddler clothes. While I think this is really generous, 99% of the time, it seems like I'm just sorting through things that they really just don't want to bother taking to Goodwill. But if somebody offers me their old clothes now and I say, no, thank you, they act like it's high pressure MLM situation and try to guilt me into taking them. It's not that I don't appreciate the offer or that I'm super rich because I'm not, but I just don't really want to have to sort through everyone's old baby clothes. It's just a time suck and I end up keeping maybe one thing out of the trash bag that gets dropped on my doorstep. I feel like I'm just the middleman between those moms and the donation barrel. I understand there's good intent behind it, but if somebody politely refuses, either move on to the next person you know or put them in your trunk and drive around with them. I think she's talking about the bag of clothes for a year before they're taking them to Goodwill like everyone else does. Okay. Thank you for any suggestions you might have. I'm loving that I found you, and I just recently started listening to the new podcast. It is so helpful. Thank you so much, Pam. Okay. I love all of this, Pam, because this is something that I think all of us relate to and is most certainly something that I related to. And I love it at the end that you talk about how normal people, quote unquote, normal people, everybody else puts the bag of Goodwill clothes in their trunk and drive it around for a year before taking it to Goodwill. And that's so funny because in the PROM acronym, it's purge, remove, organize, maintain. I get questions like why is P purge, but R is remove. So so purging means cleaning the closet, cleaning the drawers and, and getting them out of your house. But then remove is actually removing them, getting rid of them. And so I love that you, <laughs> you talked about that. Okay. So there's a few things here 
So it sounds like you have tried to place boundaries, but you didn't stick to your boundaries and you, you sort of took them down and you're annoyed. So I think you're probably annoyed in a few different ways. You're annoyed with yourself by not sticking to the boundaries that you have created, which is no, thank you. Um, we've got enough clothes, super generous. Why don't you give it to somebody else in need? We've got plenty. So that's all you would need to say. And, and I hear what you're saying, that the other person tries to guilt you into it and that makes you feel bad. But when you have firm boundaries, those are firm boundaries. It's essentially like a, a lawmaker making up a law. that This is the rule. This is the stop sign. Regardless of whether or not you want to stop, that is the law. That is the stop sign. That is the boundary. So if your boundary is, thank you so much. We don't need any clothes right now. Why don't you give it to somebody else who does need? And then that's the end. That's the end of it. If you are an immense people pleaser and you're having a hard time setting and keeping boundaries, then maybe it's easier for you to take the bag of Goodwill clothes and then take them to Goodwill yourself. So you decide what you want and what you don't want. If you do not want to rifle through a bag of clothes, you never need to rifle through a bag of clothes. I am giving you absolute permission to always just say no thank you. If that makes you feel uncomfortable and you think it would really hurt a certain person's feelings, then make a new rule for yourself that I always take donations. Sure, put them on my doorstep, no problem. And then if you come home and there's a bag of clothes on your doorstep, put them in your trunk and drive them to Goodwill or put them in your trunk and, and bring them to the, the local charity that is accepting donations. So decide beforehand. But I think what the issue is and where you're getting what you say is mentally exhausted is because you haven't proactively decided what your boundary is and you're changing your mind. So some days, depending on your mood, you're happy to look through clothes. And some days you're not happy <laughs> to look through clothes and you're annoyed by, by the donation. And that can be tricky because if you don't have firm boundaries, the other people in your life really don't know. And, and it, it's sort of a wishy-washy situation. Well, Pam sometimes wants clothes and sometimes doesn't, and I don't want them in my house, so I'm just going to bring them to her. So if you, if you put yourself in that other person's situation, they feel great because they've just cleaned their house and have literally gotten all of the stuff out of their house and are bringing it to you and dropping it onto your doorstep. So they have purged and they have removed and they have put these things on your doorstep. And now you're annoyed. So decide pre proactively what you're going to do the next time this situation arises. And it will arise. It will arise forever and ever and ever. So I've been married 22 years. My kids are now 20, 17, and 12. 
And people still want to give us things. They are like, oh, well, so-and-so is moving out and, and heading off to college. Do they need this armchair? The answer is no, we don't. We don't need another armchair. Yes, collecting a free armchair to put in the college dorm sounds great for you because you get to take that armchair out of your house and it's no longer an eyesore that you need to look at. And yes, it might be a win if we wanted free furniture, but we really don't. The, my, my kids have their own taste and their own wants, and they're happy to go to Ikea and, and pick out what they want. Um, so, the, so the answer is no. Um, and that's just a, a firm boundary. Oh, okay. No, we don't need them. Have you tried dropping it off to Goodwill? Have you tried giving it to this charity down the street that always says yes? So, so there you go. So I hope this helped just a bit. There's a way to say no where you are firm and you don't feel bad. And sometimes it's something that you have to write out. So write yourself a little script and memorize it and and practice reading it out loud. It sounds a little hokey, but if you personally are not a person that feels 100% confident all the time to stick to your boundaries, then play a part, play a role. Imagine being in a high school play and these are my lines and I'm going to practice them. And when this sort of situation arises, I'm going to step into the character and recite my lines and then be silent. <laughs> let, let the silence then speak for itself. So, okay. I hope that helped. Thank you. Again, I'm here. I love answering questions. I love helping. Write to me, leave me a voicemail, tag me on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day. Happy slow living. And I will talk to you again next week. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.